to Mike Perry, 33 years in May. They have two daughters, Bethany Bell and Tori Tinsley, two son-in-laws, four grandpups and one grandkitty. They've been in ministry in Cape Girardeau for all 33 years of their marriage, first at the Baptist Student Union on campus of Southeast Missouri State University, and now at the Fruitland Community Church. Grace was a stay-at-home mom until her youngest was four, and then opened a business in downtown Cape for the next 15 years with an herb shop selling oils, herbs, and alternative medicine, along with an espresso bar, soup sandwiches, and a touch of Grace Cafe and Grace Cafe, which you're welcome to bring back anytime. The next chapter of life included closing the business and now is working at Health Point Fitness as a yoga instructor and is still pursuing wellness and wholeness in all aspects of life. Grace enjoys walking, wellness, music, cooking, and making things with her hands in every room of her home. She's passionate about daily quiet time, whether Bible study, worship, journaling, prayer, or meditation, and they also enjoy mission partnerships as part of their marriage enrichment in both El Salvador and Italy. So let's welcome Grace. Thank you all. Thank you for the invite, Nikki. And I still remember the day that she called me, my 95-year-old stepdad and 90-year-old mother were here. They're from near the Farmington area, and he'd been very sick, was in the hospital and then a nursing home. And my mom moved in with us, and it was crazy. <laughs> I was just in a, in a blur when she asked me, and, and I, I didn't remember anything. I said, just email me, because I don't think I'll remember this. So it was one of those moments of, of absolute um, life season turned upside down kind of thing, much like having little ones, <laughs> just how the, the lack of sleep and just your whole schedule being interrupted. Um, but anyway, so I just was asked to speak about marriage and love to the full. And um, this has been a really fun time to really prayerfully think about it and review and look at what I could maybe bring to encourage you all. So, for better or for worse, for richer or poor, in sickness and in health, to death, to, till death do us part. Where are you in these vows? Maybe it's a distant memory, maybe a fairy tale memory, or maybe you're thinking through sleep-deprived amnesia, that was someone else. Well, I'm here to tell you that was you. And that was a very good day and a very good start to a very good thing. Marriage, or should I say mawage, from <laughs> Princess Buttercup and Wesley. True love, and well, buckle up, Buttercup. We've got some ground to cover. Sometimes we spend more time and energy saying yes to the dress and planning a perfect day than we do to the fixer-upper afterwards. And while Chip and Joanna can show us teamwork and dream work and raising beautiful babies in a construction zone, um, we have to remember that even the fixer-upper is a 45-minute show and not reality, and that it's a process. It's a journey. Um, we come with our tool, belts, our tool belts around our waist, sometimes without tools or just don't know how to use the tools that we have. And sometimes it's just the experience of figuring out which tools to use. So going back to that day where we made lifetime promises and what those meant to you, maybe you even wrote your own vows or had some special traditions that were uniquely yours. 
and then you sealed it with a kiss in front of friends and family. What do those vows mean today? And have you looked at them recently? How has your perspective changed with different seasons? Babies, physical changes, money or less money, health or compromised health? What's better? What's worse? My husband has always been in the business of marrying folks, helping plan weddings, ceremonies, and marriage counseling on the other side. One thing he always likes to remind the audience every opportunity he gets is that my vows keep me. It's not just about me keeping a promise, but also letting that promise keep me. Sometimes our marriages start in very broken places, what we might think was a mistake when we look back. And I'm not just talking about a baby surprise, but sometimes what we might think is even a mistake today. How do we live that out, and how do we find a full life in that process? And thinking back, even before that special day, we may have had some dreams, discussions, hopes, agreements. I remember this ambitious little conversation we had about if I cooked, he would wash the dishes. <laughs> you all laugh. Did that ring true? <laughs> um, and then I had to let go of that one <laughs> a long time ago. He has improved with a little assistance and encouragement. Um, but did that really matter in the big scheme of things? And then seeing those traits that attracted me to him and that sometimes those are the very traits that begin to irritate us or rub us the wrong way. It wasn't long until I had this little pile of shoulds. I don't know if you ever have those. And what did I do? I called my mom. And I had to just, you know, air out all the dirty laundry to my mom and complain about my poor, sweet, unsuspecting husband and his busyness and what I, you know, how I felt neglected. When, and um, she very innocently, in all sincerity, replied, "Don't you think you all would be happier in New Guinea?" And I was like, "Mom, no! <laughs> we are exactly where we are supposed to be, and this is where God wants us to be." And my parents had been tribal missionaries in Papua New Guinea. So it was something that she just, you know, out of, out of the goodness of her heart, didn't mean anything badly about that. And she came from a, a different, different doctrinal belief or faith system, too, which had made it very difficult for her to accept my husband and to love him as he was and what we were doing. Uh, my dad was our, had passed away several years before. He, did, he never even met Mike. So it, it was kind of one of those journeys of not so much dealing with those different belief systems, but realizing I had a bigger problem. I didn't need to be calling my mom and complaining. And I had to draw, I had to pound a stake in the ground right then and right there. And this was in our first month of marriage even, and realizing that I had to be careful what I said and protect him. I had to suck it up, buttercup, and quit complaining to my mom. And God used that moment for me to really, you know, set that, set that like I said, like a stake in the ground to be firm about protecting him. And my mom loves my husband now and does love what we're doing and the ministry that we are in. Is actually quite proud of him. Um, 
but that first, those first years of marriage, even before children, and then having children, can be very refining, transforming, challenging. They can be hard. And this is a time to you know, find your tribe, find those friends that can encourage you, hold you accountable to, to what your um, hopes and your dreams are. You have some good friends right here, I can already tell that. And this is also the time to really set a deep foundation for your marriage. Set the stage with two becoming one, a new name, a new family, teamwork. It's hard and believe me, our world has ever-changing expectations of what that looks like. We have to be intentional and committed, and it is a lifelong journey. I had another season of learning to muzzle my mouth, and this time it was with my daughter. It wasn't necessarily with my husband, but Psalm 39 became my mantra. I will guard my ways lest I sin with my tongue and restrain my mouth with a muzzle. Did you know silence cannot be misquoted? And this whole defending self, speaking what I think is right, always having a counterpoint, and what I really wanted to say, and even rehearsing those conversations that only get bent out of shape and misunderstood, took that challenge even deeper. So ladies, I'm here to tell you, you have a gift. God has given us in our DNA the gift of gab. And they say women have 20,000 words at least a day <laughs> to spend, and men have about 7,000, somewhere in there. We have a God-given gift to verbalize. Society has twisted that now to say, speak our truth. And what used to be, speak our mind, has suddenly become noble. Hello. It isn't truth unless it's with a capital T. And we've got to have that as our standard, God's truth. And while we seemingly have this drive of even verbal stimulation, our dear sweet husbands have a gift as well. They've come equipped with the gift of seeing things and being visually stimulated. There are, hopes, there are helps for folks who might struggle with pornography or other visual stimulations that degrade women and change the definition of marriage. One such program is called Covenant Eyes, where men can make a pledge to another man for accountability, have their computers, their cell phones, hard copies, magazines, whatever, checked at any time. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. I want to talk to you about covenant words and making those types of pledges with your friends, even here with another woman, to hold you accountable to what you say. Finding those positive things to say about your husband and to your husband and bring those character traits to him often to speak life, to spark joy and to build him up to be the man God has for him to be. That is a tool we've been given in our God-given DNA, words. And we so often misuse our words. And guess what, it's free. It doesn't cost any money, but it does take intentionality. It takes maybe driving a stake in the ground or having someone hold you accountable. You might have reduced your home to 30 books in your house, or maybe 30 books on your bedstand. It doesn't matter. You have those tools to fan your flame. Does this sound familiar? You've made the commitment, considered how it might change you. 
You've gotten rid of unnecessary items and even thanked them for serving you. So bring your words to the table and covenant to kindness, respect, and building up your man. I recently saw a post that my husband had made in the politically charged Facebook newsroom. There was quite a response to this. And by the way, my husband makes really, really awesome Facebook, Facebook posts, if any of you are friends with him on Facebook. Uh, but what got me was someone else reposted this post. And a perfect stranger commented on the irony that our last name is Perry, P-A-R-R-Y, and doesn't that imply a fight? My husband, very kindly, super nice, answered, and yeah, that's my favorite trait about him. He's just really an all-around nice guy. He replied with yes, and thanks for getting my name right. Parrying is typically a defensive m movement and warding off, and typically ends with a bow. So as we declutter our closets, maybe we can also Marie Kondo our words, covenanting to kindness, respect, and positivity to our one and onlys, and even learn to fight fairly. Listen more than we speak, speaking truth versus speaking our minds, and bring humility to the table, maybe even a bow. And so find ways to grow as a couple, accepting your current reality as reality, and that it's good. Have some fun with it. Build some memories or some memes or memorials, maybe a slogan, a cheer, even a family crest. I have one that, I'm, that I brought in that we had made at one time, but I'm gonna give the story behind it first. My husband's niceness in ministry keeps him on a very, very busy schedule. Virginia, you might remember this, this story. This happened back in uh, like 93, and when Tori was a brand new baby. Um, he's just very, very busy. And I, by nature, function better on a structured routine, consistent meal times, eight to nine hours of sleep, um, and just having babies and ministry, all those things was just a really crazy time. And ministry really doesn't come with that. So we had to be very overly intentional in communicating our calendars. My husband's busyness, late nights in campus ministry, mission trips left me single parenting more times than I really liked. And it upped the ante on that communication. Well, one time he lost his day timer, and that's an actual notebook. I don't know if you've ever seen that, where you write things down. Well, if he had had a cell phone now and had all of his calendar in the cell phone, you could see it on your computer and open it up. But we didn't have that option, and we couldn't find it. And so every day was a new surprise, and it was no longer in his control, and it was no longer in my control either. It was out of control. <laughs> and it was, it was very frustrating to him as well. Each day was a mystery. This went on for a month, but it also um, really helped me graciously accept that it was out of control, um, to trust God more with the unknowns, to be a little bit more flexible. We did find that calendar a month later, way under the bed. And that was just such a, wow, a, a steep learning curve and brutal at the same time of of just really trusting God and letting go of that. 
And the scripture I hung on to that from that season was all of our times are ultimately in God's hands, Psalms 31:15, And just letting go of those expectations I had, um, asking for new perspectives before I have a nervous breakdown became my new reality. And I don't know if you've all ever been there, but that, was, that really was for me. So then later on while running a business and constantly doing my own marketing, working on logos, I wanted to come up with a family logo. And so this was the scripture, and this, was, this is what came out at this time, but it's nothing fancy, and I didn't have it professionally made. I could have asked Risa to do that. <laughs> We've known you a long time, too. Um, and this is just established 1987, Perry, this family really rocks. But then all of our times are in your hands, Psalm 31, 15, that same scripture verse. And it's just, it's nothing fancy, but this was hanging on our wall, and we've had it on the wall for, I guess, 20 some odd years now. It's kind of got the tape falling off. Um, so this came out of that, that season, and maybe I should put this up front, just let it stay there, of, of just something that kind of was a thread in our family that I wanted to remember, that we all remembered, we knew what it meant. So fast forward, then our youngest daughter ran for SIU. She was a collegiate athlete. And we would have the runners come to our house, the girls, and feed them and do different things with them. And I prayed for those girls. I prayed hard for her teammates. I prayed hard for my daughter. And that was a time when this one girl that was at our house, and she was one I had really, really been praying for, um, came to me and she said, is that a track? And I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> that's just kind of my lopsided circle, you know, it's not even perfect, a perfect circle. And she said, well, it says times, all of, your t all of our times are in your hands. And to a runner, times have a huge significance, and they matter so much. And, and I just had to laugh and then realize, you know, this is the seasons of life was what this really means. You know, all of our seasons, the different times in our lives are in God's hands. And yes, the timing matters. And just realizing too that we are all here for such a time as this. And just accepting that and being, seeing this is good, even when we're scared, even when we're praying hard for our kids and whatever's going on in their lives. This is good and this is why we are here. So this logo, this idea was even something around 1993 when we lost the day timer, came up with this idea like in 2003, and then I'm, I'm sure it was around 2013 that this other young lady even asked me what it meant. So it doesn't have to be anything big. It doesn't have to be anything fancy, but working on projects like that, that define you as a family, that make you unique. We had um, little cheers, we would even say like, we're family, we're buddies, <laughs> you know, things like that. Or the, around the table, my husband would coach the kids to say, thanks, cook, and they would just say it as loud as they could. But it helped them learn to say thank you and to appreciate what's put in front of them, even if they didn't like it, even if they didn't finish everything. And it was just fun. It was something unique to us that we did, and we had fun with that. Um, my sister is my best friend, or um, if they say... I'm sorry, and we're, we're coaching them through the process of, of apologizing to also the other person to say, I forgive you, and to give each other a hug. 
and just to just keep bringing softness and kindness into the things that we do, even in little cheers and slogans. And now, you know, the kids are gone, but I've trained my dog. Dad's home, and he runs to the door, and he just greets him with kisses and blah, 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 you know, and he's all excited. And it's so funny, because my husband's not an animal person, and, but he enjoys it. Who doesn't like that? But early on in our marriage, he had said, you know, when I was like one of those things, what's one thing I could do for you to make you feel better, maybe? He said, just if I walk in the door, greet me with bright eyes. And that's from Proverbs 15:30. bright eyes, gladden the heart. That's another free thing all of us can do, just as much as, you know, finding the positive words to say is bright eyes. You know, even if we're down in the dumps of laundry or whatever, you know, with kids, the babies scream and we can still make eye contact. We can smile with our eyes. Some days are more of a choice than others, but it is free and it's definitely some, something all of us can do. Two becoming one is more than a last name, more than a shared household or shared bank accounts. It's an ongoing process of finding ways to create your unique and beautiful family. Marriage is good. Life is good. After all, isn't this supposed to be a reflection ultimately of how an intelligent creator designed life to receive love, give love, understand love, be love fully and abundantly because that's exactly how he loved us first. So then just circle back to those expectations and things that you may have talked about before marriage versus reality. Just another story here. The little girl inside of me, I had four big brothers and a dad who could fix anything. They could fly airplanes. They loved to hunt. They were outdoorsy and loved to help people. And guess what? My husband is none of those except for helping people. He loves to help people. And I had to let go of those expectations that he doesn't have that interest. He doesn't have that drive. And it's okay. And I don't need to expect him to be able to necessarily fix things. Um, I had to accept the reality and that it is a really good reality. And my husband has many other gifts. And over time, he's figured out YouTube. And he can change the light bulb and the blinker on my car now. <laughs> or even work on those pipes under the garbage disposal. Um, you know, those things, it's just learning how the real focus is to let go of my expectations and let him be who God's created him to be. And there was nothing wrong with me at times, too. I've had to learn a lot of handyman skills, and having my own business, I had to do that, too. So bringing those into the home at, at the same time being gracious and um, encouraging. And we have a pretty good system now. I have this crazy thing that I enjoy installing flooring and He's really good at moving all the heavy boxes. <laughs> and that last row where you have to use a crowbar and tapping blocks and things like that, he's really good at that. He doesn't really like all the other stuff, but I love laying it out and, and doing it and, and just working with my hands. And that's finding those unique gifts God has given both of us and then how to work together and do that. So the reality is believing we do have gifts in each other we do have a good thing 
called marriage. And we really do have the tools to make things better. It is a lifelong journey, this fixer-upper. It's not a 45-minute TV show. Your theme is life to the full and having love to the full in marriage. I'm hoping this has given you lots to think about, some ideas to take with you, a challenge to find invaluable friendships that hold you accountable with your word tools. They're power tools, let me tell you. And to truly see a good thing, to feel and embrace the power of love. It stabilizes us, grows us, changes us, and even brings hope in hard places, bright eyes, in tired spaces, and confidence that we are exactly where we are with whom we need to be with. I'm going to say all of that again. I'm hoping this has given you lots to think about, fun ideas to take with you, a challenge to find some friendships to be accountable with, with your power tools, with your words, and to truly see a good thing. Feel and embrace the power of love that stabilizes us, grows us, changes us, and bring hope in hard places, bright eyes in tired spaces, and confidence you are exactly where you are with whom you need to be with. Please go home and build up your husbands. Review your vows. Drive a stake in the ground if you need to. Use your words for good, those power tools, and enjoy the journey. We got married in 1987, the same year that cult film came out, The Princess Bride, <laughs> with Princess Buttercup and Wesley. 30 years later, 2017, Wonder Woman was released. And Wonder Woman's aunt, Aunt Antiope, is the lady that's training all the female warriors. It's the same actress, Princess Buttercup, 30 years later is Aunt Antiope. If you didn't know that. <laughs> so my challenge at the ending here is just armor up, Buttercup. Protect your marriage. Fight for the good. And maybe even end with a bow. Thank you. <laughs>